Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. We got to talk about that Real Houses in Jersey reunion. Part one just aired. Ah, you guys, it was thrilling. It was such a good reunion. Now, you know, on Everything Iconic, we don't always recap them, but I felt like I had to take to the microphone because part one was so exciting. Still, after all these years, that Joe, Melissa, Teresa dynamic excites me. Although I will say that this show has ruined that family, unfortunately. I mean, it's sad to see that part of it. However, I can't even imagine how they still manage to excite and thrill and bring compelling television after so many years exploring this dynamic. You know, sometimes I tune in, I'm like, what more can we see from these people, from Teresa, Joe, and Melissa? And yet then they bring it. Then they bring it. And I just have to say, wow. In the words of Ramona Singer, wow, that's wow. <laughs> that's wow. I can't believe it. Uh, after we talk about the New Jersey Housewives, I have an interview with Jake Borelli, who stars on Grey's Anatomy, which is currently in its 18th season. The finale is going to be the 400th episode. Jake plays Dr. Schmidt, one of the gay characters on the show. Uh, he's also out in his real life. And uh, I'm super excited for you guys to hear my chat with Jake Borelli. I've been watching Grey's. I, I keep telling you guys I'm going down with that ship. 18 seasons in, I'm still tuning in. So uh, I hope you guys uh, stay tuned for that after New Jersey. But New Jersey, okay. Okay, sit tight, little bear, because we got to talk about this. Now, I knew that we were in for a treat of a reunion because when we sat down, when I sat down to watch it, the women were all seated on their couches. Now, we know on the other reunions, oftentimes we see the women backstage arriving. We see them getting ready. We see Andy go to the dressing room and say, hey, what's going on? How are you feeling? What's new? What are you excited to explore during this reunion? And this time they were like, no, we got to sit with the women. We got to start with the women seated at the couches because we got too much content to get through. And boy, did they ever. Boy, did they ever. Also made me laugh, by the way, because they sat down and Andy's like, we last left you all in Nashville. And it was such a memorable episode that we wanted to recreate the Nashville set. And they do that on a lot of the reunions, right? Like we'll see them do the set design based off the exciting episodes that happen in the season. So now we're getting kind of a cowboy Nashville theme for the New Jersey Housewives. But over on the Orange County Housewives, when they had their reunion, they didn't have anything memorable. So Andy was just like, well, we decorated it like Orange County. (laughs) It was so sad. Nothing memorable happened with Hip and Casita, so we just put an Orange County sign up and said, let's go. Roll tape. (laughs) Then they just went went for it. Anyway, the New Jersey also, as you guys had opened with black and white footage, we saw that sort of trailer that we we already knew. And then when they said three parts, I was happy for the women because they get more money based off the more parts of the reunion. That's why it was so controversial that the New York women never had their reunion because uh, they didn't get paid then. 
They didn't get paid for those three episodes. So the New Jersey women, they knew they had to bring it, and they sure did. We see uh, Andy ask all the women when they're seated the questions. He says, how are you doing? And then uh, what's going on? He's asking Jen about the nose and the chin. And I kind of would like, you know, I love my Andy. You know, we love Andy. He's so good at his job and he's great at these reunions. And I couldn't imagine anyone else hosting these reunions. No one else would do as good of a job. No one. Uh, but I would like to retire the question about Jen's nose and her face and, and that kind of thing. Let her do with her body what she wants to do with her body. And let's stop talking. I mean, I feel like we've ad nauseum talked about it. She looks good. Whatever she wants to look like, let her look like. And the thing about the surgery that bothers me is like, she, we know that she's opened up about it on the show and she's gotten rid of the chin implant. So I can only imagine what mental torture that woman's put herself through after these surgeries, after they didn't go the way that she thought they were going to go. And now to keep asking her and keep digging up about the nose and the chin, I'm just like, okay, you can't do it. I can't. Now, Jackie says she is working with a full team now in terms of her eating issues. Uh, Teresa's got the mirror dress on, which I don't love the mirror dress. I don't love, Andy said her, I feel like I'm at the Roxy now, which made me laugh. Because <laughs> he was like, looking at it. And I think I didn't like it either because it was so distracted. Every time they'd be fighting, I'd get like a glean in my eye and I'd go blind for a second because I couldn't see because that would, there would be some glare from Teresa's dress. It wasn't conducive to camera. You know, sometimes I don't know if anyone's ever done any on camera work. They tell you not to wear certain things. Not just logos. I don't think you're supposed to wear mirrored glass on your dress either because it's not good on camera. It's not good on camera. Uh, Teresa also just had the appendectomy one week prior to this. And I was concerned because you all know if you've listened to the podcast, I had to have an emergency appendectomy a couple years ago. The appendix burst. I thought I was, something was coming out of me, a demon. Felt like a demon was coming out of me, inside of me. Because one night I was up all night. My stomach was in the mo- worst pain ever. And I didn't know. I, I was like, did I have food poisoning or what? Eventually had to go to the emergency room in the morning and found out the appendix burst. I had to have emergency surgery. And it does take a little while. And I was hobbling around for quite some time. And then ultimately I found out I had some issues from the surgery. That is a tale for another time. But I was concerned about Tree because she was one week post-op. And obviously they say to Teresa, we need you to keep your anger under control. But we know that's not going to happen, right? We know that's just not who Teresa is ultimately. And so I was concerned because the appendix, you got raw stitches in there or raw, you know, you don't want them to burst. And I know the pain of the stomach post-op one week. God bless. She's there. She showed up though. I think she deserves a raise for that. Showing up at post-appendectomy. Now, Andy praises Dolores for opening up on camera about the David situation. She says she's uncomfortable about it. And I, of course, was looking at the seat, uh, placement of the seating, and I had heard a rumor that Jackie's been demoted to a friend of, I don't know if I believe that, for next season. And we know that the people on the ends of the couches, those are the people who have to fight for their lives. So Melissa was on one end of one couch, and then Dolores was on the other end of another couch. And I was actually worried about both of them going into this reunion. And after part one, I think Melissa... As long as Joe Gorga doesn't actually quit, which I know he said he quit, and you could see in Melissa's eyes she was freaking out when Joe Gorga quit the show. She was worried about her job because without Joe Gorga on the show, I don't know that Melissa's going to be sticking around. Ladies, am I right? So I think that she, you could see it going over in her 
in her eyes. She's like, no, Joe, don't, don't. She was freaking out inside. Her internal monologue. I wish we had that mic'd up because that was whatever was going on internally with Melissa. She was freaking out if Joe Gorga quit. But so I think Melissa's fine for next season. And then Dolores, I think she must have felt like she had to step it up a little bit. And she did. I think with the Jennifer of it all, that dynamic, I'm excited to explore that because I wasn't expecting Jen and Dolores. Now, I've always felt like Dolores is actually better friends with the Margaret side of the couch. Okay. She does have to fulfill her role in the show of defending Teresa blindly. However, I think in real life, her and Margaret are good friends. And uh, so I think Dolores is kind of in this weird spot. And I think Teresa's obviously even over it, too, because Teresa didn't invite Dolores to the engagement party. I couldn't believe that. And Dolores is not going to be in the wedding. Even Jen was invited to the engagement party. And the brother and sister-in-law, who we know Teresa hates Melissa. And I don't think she hates Joe, but she definitely hates Melissa. And then she sat them at a different table at the engagement party. But even Jennifer was invited to the engagement party, but no Dolo, no Dolo at the engagement party. So Dolores really has to uh, bring it this reunion. And I think that whole fight with Jennifer, she kept saying, you're an effing liar. Um, And then Jen's like, I'm done with your backhanded compliments. And then Dolores was like, you're disgusting. You're disgusting. You know, they always say disgusting on this show. Jersey women love to call each other disgusting or like garbage. They love to use that as an adjective. You're garbage. You're disgusting. You're a trash bag whore. And maybe it is um, a lower form of insult to call someone garbage or a trash whore. But I, I find it. I don't know. Maybe it's the Italianness. I find it. I find at home myself at home with it. Um, anyway, Jackie and Jen. We explore that whole fight because. Jackie, I really think, was sticking up for Jen, and that's the duo that I was excited about this season that unfortunately fell apart too early on, but they brought up that whole thing about Jackie was saying uh, that we should be mad at Bill, not uh, Jen taking all of the blame for the fire, for the cheating accusation, for the cheating thing with Bill and Jen. And Dolores really threw Jackie under the bus. And now there's this whole layered fight between Jackie, Jen, and Dolores because, of course, Jen and Dolores hate each other now. But Dolores was throwing Jackie under the bus about the Jen situation. So it's really layered. And now I'm hopeful for next season about this whole thing. And I don't know that I want Jackie demoted to a friend of. Now, that was the rumor. Again, these rumors come up all the time, and then we find out later they were all false. I mean, people really just say anything, and then they're false. So I don't know that it's true, and it seems to me that I don't even know if they've started filming for next season yet, so they probably don't even know on production side of who's full-time, who's not full-time. But I want the full cast to come back. My main thing is I just want to add people, not like Tracy. Tracy, I didn't even, did anyone miss Tracy this reunion? I wonder if her name will ever even come up or if they'll bring her out for a segment. I miss when they would bring out Kim D. I would like them. Even this uh, reunion, Andy said something about bring out Jacqueline because Jacqueline and Caroline came up. <gasps> you guys, I love when the old people come up in the reunion and Jacqueline. They even brought up Kathy. I hadn't heard that name in years. I was sitting watching. I was smoking a cigarette. And I was like, I haven't heard that name in years. You know, I, Kathy came up because they don't talk often about Kathy. I think Caroline and Jacqueline do come up. And of course, the way that Melissa joined the show seems to come up every single episode of the show, every single reunion episode. It comes up how Melissa was shady when she joined the show. Now, no one really knows the truth, right? There's three sides to every story. But I tend to believe Teresa with this one. I think that 
They did it a little shady the way that they joined the show. And I think that's what Teresa's never been able to get over. Because the fact that she threw it out there, and then she also threw out the thing about how they sided with Kathy for that Christmas dinner. It was like, Teresa can never get over these things. And so even though on the show they apologize to each other and they say they're getting over it, no one ever gets over anything on the show. I mean, they're still holding on to that. And I do feel bad because Joe and Melissa, I do think, try. But Teresa will never be able to get over that. She hates Melissa for that. And she's even finding things to hate about Melissa from before that. Like, I don't think they ever really liked each other, right? I think before the show, they kind of probably tried to get along. They were in each other's weddings. Melissa said, oh, you were in my wedding. And Teresa's like, well, you should have held off the wedding because I was pregnant right? Which was silly. But I think that's Teresa trying to find other things to say of why she didn't like Melissa before the show. But I think the core of the issue is that Teresa felt ultimately betrayed by the way that Melissa and Joe joined the show because they didn't tell her in advance that they were going to be there or that they were filming. They kind of blinds, they bamboozled her. They bamboozled her. And so I don't think no matter what Melissa and Joe do, no matter how much they apologize, no matter how much they stick up for their sister or whatever, it's never going to be enough. And I'm so happy we're finally getting rid of that artifice of saying that pretending that they're friends because they, they've never been friends on this show. We've tried to pretend that they are. But finally, Melissa, this episode, she said, okay, we're not going to, we should stop pretending we're close. We're not going to pretend we're close. Let's stop faking that we have a relationship. And I shouted at, I started clapping like a circus monkey. I was like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We're stop, let's stop pretending and let's start getting real. The real world and the words. Are you guys watching that? The real world, New Orleans on, it's on Paramount Plus. You got to watch it. It's so good. Anyway, I'm excited for them to stop being polite and start getting real. And that's what reality TV is meant to be. Uh, what else? Uh, the engagement party stuff with the, that is all very interesting to me. Again, the fact that Dolores, Dolores, how did I say that name? Dolo was not invited. And, Melissa was sitting at another table. She put him at the kids' table over in the corner of the engagement party. Oh, my God. And meanwhile, apparently, Louis' family's all at the table. And, you guys, Louis' family's all going to be in the wedding, but Melissa's not in the wedding. Oh, my God, you guys. Uh-oh, hello! This is intense. This is layered. This is intense. It's also revealed that Louis calls Joe a lot to talk about the show, which I was like, that's that was a little bit of a red flag for me. Obviously, we all want the best for Teresa. And it's a red flag to me that Louis calling, and I don't know if that was true, because I don't, I don't, couldn't even tell who said it. Somebody said it, like, Joe doesn't call Louis, and then somebody said, oh, Louis only calls Joe to talk about the show. I don't know. I don't know. That was when Teresa brought up uh, them joining the show and being friends with Caroline and Jacqueline, and I, this isn't always popular when I say this, but I think actually Caroline and Jacqueline should come back. I feel like that would spice things up. I, I don't know. I don't know. But I would like, I, I don't know. I don't know. That's not, pop- whenever I say that people are in my DMs, they yell at me. How dare I say that? Cause I do like Teresa. I'm just saying, I think it could add an element to the show that, uh, Jersey works best with the history, right? Like these women have history with each other. And I think the only people that have history with these women are the Kim D's, are the Caroline's, are the Jacqueline's. And I actually think there's a path forward for Jacqueline and Teresa because I saw in Watch What Happens Live sort of recently, Teresa say something about like, well, I don't know. They had a good relationship and I could see there could be a path forward. Uh, it's also revealed that Jen smokes a ton of pot, which was surprising to me. 
Uh, I didn't see Jen as a pot smoker, but I like it. Good for her. Oh, Andy asked Teresa to name examples of when Teresa had Melissa's back. And Teresa couldn't think of any examples. She said, let's roll the tape. Somebody help me remember. And then there was a blackout, you guys. I thought that was production being shady. I thought that was production saying, like, we have no examples because Teresa was like, roll tape. (laughs) And I love when they say roll tape. They did it on the Orange County reunion, and then they did roll tape. But Teresa said, like, roll tape, but then they didn't have any tape to roll. (laughs) I loved it. I loved it. I love, I'm just so happy this reunion is so good. And we talk about the daughters. We talk about Joe and Gia and the daughters and the, Teresa says the daughters are strong minded. And this was interesting. Melissa was like, well, how do you think Antonia feels about you? And I was hoping they'd wheel out Antonia. I, I know she was already kind of having a storyline in the season about whether or not she was cheerleading, she, all that stuff. But I actually wanted them to wheel out Antonia. I don't know why I keep saying wheel out, but I wanted them to bring out Antonia because I want to hear from Antonia. We've seen Gia get in the mix now. I feel like Antonia is going to get in the mix next season. And I wonder, I wonder, I wonder. This thing, though, it does make me sad. They fight about the bitch boy thing and how Jen called Joe Gorga crooked. I feel bad for them all. The family has been torn apart and Joe Gorga finally quits the show. Which, do I believe he actually quit the show? No, of course I do not. Does anyone believe that? No. Of course he didn't. Of course he didn't. He stormed off. He's not going to quit the show. They probably get some great paychecks, because I believe Joe and Melissa both get paid a pretty penny to appear on this show. And I'd imagine if they stick around for longer, they get a pay increase every year. And now if the kids are appearing more, if Antonia gets a main slot, if she gets to hold a... Well, they don't hold anything in the intro, but if she gets to put her hand on the hip in the intro for... And, one of the future seasons, then, of course, Antonia's bringing in money for the family, too. So I don't think Joe Gorg is going to quit. Do I think they probably should quit the show? Somebody should quit the show? Of course. Of course. If this was my family, I don't think it'd be good for us all to be on a TV show like this. And somebody's something's got to give. Someone, something's got to give. Someone's got to quit the show, and ultimately none of them are going to quit the show, and we're just going to go back and forth for years and years and years uh, with Teresa and Joe and Melissa. And it's going to be compelling stuff. And I'm going to keep on watching. I'm going to keep going to bravotv.com for more information. Because it's good TV. But it is it is sad. It is sad. And it does make me sad because Jen is the one who keeps calling Joe Gorga crooked and all these things and the bitch boy. And Teresa doesn't stick up for the brother. And she does want the brother to stick up for her. And so there are double standards at play here. But again, I say that Teresa's never going to go to go over the fact that Melissa and Joe join the show behind her back. So that's it's never going to happen. So bring out Kath. Bring out... <laughs> I don't know why Kath... The name Kath makes me laugh anyway, Kathy. And then the idea of Kathy... It, Kathy wasn't made for this show. I think Rosie was more made for this show, but Kathy wasn't certainly made for this show. However, I would still like Kathy to pop in and just show me the cannolis and pop out. Just... I and that makes me sad, too. Again, I think we've talked about this, but the fact that Kathy and Rosie have no relationship with either Teresa or Melissa is sad to me. It's their only cousin, Kath. Kath and Ro. And they don't have no relationship. That makes me so sad. The small Italian family now has been torn apart for these cameras. And I believe they would have had at least some relationship. I think Rosie and Teresa, they would have... Had an occasional meal or two throughout the years if it weren't for this television program. But now, Rosie and Kathy and 
I mean, they couldn't get over it. Remember that one reunion where Rosie was backstage and she's like, you shut your tongue. Or she was backstage yelling about killing Teresa's tongue or cutting off her tongue. So it was intense. It was intense is what I'm trying to say. Anyway, the episode ends with Joe Gorg quitting the show. I mean, this is a loaded reunion. I want the Orange County women's to take notes. I hope Hip was sitting at home taking notes. Casita, I hope she had a notepad out, a ruled binder of a notepad paper, because I think they need to be sitting down with a pen and paper and seeing how to do a reunion, because I think every woman on that stage, on the New Jersey Housewives, they brought it. They were awake. They were wide awake, in the words of Katy Perry, bringing us good TV, good content. And so those other Orange County women, look alive! In the words of my father when I played baseball in Little League, look alive, Danny, look alive. And I need those Orange County women, I need all the other women to look alive in the way that these New Jersey women are looking. So thank you to the women, and thank you to Andy, and thank you to whoever produced this fantastic show, because I loved it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, I loved it. Uh, okay, you guys, that's all I have for this. Next week, the Beverly Hills uh, Beverly Hills premiere is coming. So we're going to be covering that on Everything Iconic. And then uh, I'm going to be on a little hiatus. But I will have new episodes, but I won't be doing a recap for, I think, uh, about a week. It'll only be about a week, but I just want to let you know in advance. But we will be recapping Atlanta and Beverly Hills next week. So stay tuned. Uh, lots to come. And then I also have some great guests coming up. Speaking of great guests... Jake Borelli stars on Grey's Anatomy. Please enjoy my chat. He plays Dr. Schmidt on Grey's, which is in its 18th season. I think one of the longest running shows in the history of television at this point. So good. So uh, find Jake on social media. Find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino. You can order my book wherever books are sold. It's called How Do I Unremember This? And uh, we will leave you with this chat. I want to thank ACAST for all episodes of Everything Iconic. Go to ACAST.com slash Everything Iconic. Also, I just posted a new bonus episode over on the Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash Everything Iconic. If you donate $4 more per month, you get access to the bonus episodes. I'm recapping Sex in the City from the beginning, so I just posted a new recap of a season two episode over there. So check that out if you're interested. If not, I don't. You know, it's up to you. Anyway, I love you all so much for listening. Please enjoy my chat with Jake Borelli of Grey's Anatomy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist. And you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. Uh, so that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Everything Iconic. 
Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, We use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic shopify s-h-o-p-i-f-y dot com slash everything iconic jake how are you doing today (laughs) i'm good how are you i'm good i mean i've been a gray's fan from the beginning you joined in season 14 we're currently in season 18 right yes yeah just finishing 18 okay so tell me you must I mean, by season 14, it was already this humongous show. Tell me about the process of joining the show. You must, I mean, I would imagine you'd be super excited. And also it's intimidating to go on a set like that. Oh yeah, it was insane. Literally, I I didn't think I could ever be on this show. Like literally when I got the audition, I was like, that's not going to happen. And I had, I had just moved to New York and... I had lived in LA for eight years and I was like trying something new in New York. And I got the audition at like nine o'clock at night for the next day to tape. And I was like, I don't know anybody in this city. Like, how am I going to tape this audition? Plus I'm never going to get Grey's Anatomy. Like maybe I just won't do it. And so I called my friend, the only pretty much friend I had in New York at the time. And I was like, if she can, tape this audition with me tomorrow at like 9am we can do it if not i don't i don't know and luckily she was available oh and God. we sent in the tape and, yeah and booked it off the tape and i ended up having to move back to la after like 6 weeks in new york <laughs> okay and so i think i read that you hadn't watched the show before joining is that correct not really i mean i i was like 14 or something when the show came out 13 and my parents at that time were like yeah this is like mommy show like I don't know if you can watch this and so I never watched it in the beginning and then you know we didn't have Netflix back then where you could binge everything so it was impossible to catch up so I had seen like the big like iconic moments here and there but but no I hadn't watched it oh my god Jake you missed out I mean those early seasons I was I'm, I, I suppose, a little bit older than you because I remember season two, the big Denny, uh, Catherine Heigl moment, Izzy Elvad Wire moment. Oh, I remember yeah. being in my freshman dorm uh, and the girls on the floor, it was at Ohio University. I know you're from Columbus, Ohio, oh, but yeah. I remember the the young ladies on the floor, just every girls room in the dorm had that finale on and you could just hear everyone crying it was like 
I'll never forget that. It was like that. And I think the OC, I remember everyone in the dorms used to watch, but. Yeah, I um, also miss the OC. I was like right after, but then my first roommate in LA was obsessed with the OC. And so now I've seen all of the OC. I love um, that. And since being on Grey's, I've now seen every single episode of Grey's twice. I've watched the whole thing all the way through. Okay. So, so since you've watched the whole thing all the way through, like what were, what are some of your favorites as a viewer from before you joined? Like, do you have a favorite storyline or arc or character? Oh my gosh. I mean, the plane crash was intense. That was so cool. And it felt like a completely, like it almost felt like a movie. Um, I loved that. Also, I would like loved baby gray. So Lexi and like, um, so that was super, super sad. <laughs> yeah. That's I mean, some, that sticks out. Some of it was so sad. I mean, uh, so much of it, but um, it's such a good show. And you were actually uh, one half of the first gay coupling on the show, uh, which came after 14 years. And, and obviously, Grey's is known for representation, but that was one specific area that hadn't been explored yet until you joined the show. And I'm curious, uh, what's it been like representation is so important for television still to this day, but like, what do you hear from viewers? I mean, you must hear from a lot of people and what's, what's that like? Is it, what's the heaviness like for you? Tell me about that. Oh, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I hear from people all the time about it and it's so amazing to me because it's the same feelings that I felt, um, you know, watching the show and not seeing that sort of representation. You know, we had Calzona, but that was a lesbian relationship. And then here I am, this like young gay boy, and I didn't feel like I had that representation. And um, so the moment that I found out this storyline was coming, all the excitement that I had and the fear that I had was the same thing that I'm sure a lot of um fans felt too. So to get to talk to them about it is incredible. To get to hear their stories is incredible. You know, still, even to this day, it's been, you know, three years since the character came out. And um, I still get messages on Instagram every single day from queer people of all types reaching out to me saying how much they feel seen by the character. And it's, I mean, it's huge. I, 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 I still pinch myself. Yeah. Uh, what's it like? You have a lot of scenes with Ellen Pompeo. What's it like working with her? I mean, she's been steering the ship for so long. Yes. Yeah. It's, uh, it's incredible. I mean, in the beginning it was like a masterclass in, in like television acting and like drama acting and stuff like that. It was, it very much mirrored my own relationship or, or Levi's relationship with Meredith Grey. It was like, I was in awe and I was like so excited to be in all of these scenes. And now to be able to work with her for, you know, the past five years, it's incredible to see how she navigates, um, you know, being on the show and helming the show and um, really fighting for, for the story and for authenticity and, and how she supports the whole cast. It's incredible. You know, in the early days of Grey's, there was just this book that came out and of course, we've all heard the stories about the early days of the Grey sets when there was so much tumultuous stuff going on behind the scenes. And I'm curious what the vibe is like now. I mean, of course, I've heard that it's it's much better, but uh, what is it like on set these days? Oh, it's great. I mean, you know, we all went through this like in, insane two years of awfulness and 
you know, for the past two years, these, these people were like my family, pretty much these, we were were our support system. And um, I have so much love for everybody. It's, it's incredible. I mean, we just had our, our 400th episode big like rap party. And it was like the first time we had seen each other all without masks on because it was outside and it was like a big celebration. And it was like, you know, seeing your family again, it was really, really cool. Honestly. What um, is coming up on the 400th? The 400th episode, I, I believe is the season finale of season 18, right? So what do we have to look forward? What can you tease? Can you t- give me something? <laughs> it's going to be a lot of grays. It's going to be a lot of grays. We got uh, two hours coming for you on uh, on uh, the season finale. So it'll be cool. It'll be okay, really but Jake, cool. I need to know what happens. Do people, <laughs> are characters killed? Do, do we lose you know people? You know, there's like still like four episodes before the finale where so much is going to happen. So even if I told you what happened in the finale, it wouldn't make sense. So much happens before it. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Are we losing any main cast members? That's what I need to know. Also, Jake, I need to, I actually do need to know this. What happened with Alex Karev? What, what happened there? Why, where, why, what happened with the actor just decide he wanted to go his separate ways? What happened? (laughs) To be honest, I don't know. It's such a huge cast that it's it's like people come and go. And I mean, you know, Alex Karev was a character for, for 16 years and uh, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> I was devastated, Jake. I love that character so much. And obviously we, we grow so uh, close to, we feel like we know you as viewers of Grey's Anatomy. And yeah. so uh, when he specifically left, obviously I, I got really upset when Christina left. Um, I, I still hold out hope for Izzy to come back. I mean, I was just listening yeah. to an interview with Ellen Pompeo and Kate Walsh. And I had asked you uh, a few minutes ago about the working conditions on Grey's. And it was so fascinating because they were talking about how back in the day, Catherine Heigl was on a, a late night show and she was talking about the long hours they were spending uh, filming the show in the early days. And she got a lot of flack. She got a lot of heat for saying that it was the hours were too long and it was too much. And Ellen and Kate were saying she was right. Like if we look back now, of course, hindsight's twenty twenty, but she was right about about that specific, but she took so much heat. And so, uh, you know, I'm, it's, it's good to hear that the set, it seems like you guys all get along now and everything because. Well, when it, I mean, it was a different time back then. I mean, it was, you know, 15 years ago is a long time and, um, you know, work rules were completely different at that point. The idea of like uh, how a set should run is different. And also where we're at now is because of what happened back then too. You know what I mean? Like Ellen has fought to get certain rules changed or certain protocols changed on our set. And, and similarly, the, the executive producers of our show have fought too, you know, they're all behind um, trying to make, you know, television in general, a more, um, you know, a safe place to work, a a place that is, uh, you know, helps creativity. (laughs) Um, which is interesting. And also to go back to your other point, we, I mean, we have like a a lot of characters leave the show. Right. But we're seeing now a lot of characters come back. Like we have Sarah Drew coming back and Jesse Williams coming back. And then, so it's like, it doesn't seem to be that Grey's is like a place you ever truly leave. So there's still hope. 
And I think that's part of the greatness of the show too, is people can kind of come in and out. And for longtime viewers, it's, we have a history with these characters that you don't get on any other show. I mean, because of the fact that it's been on 18 seasons, I mean, it's so rare in television to have such a, a long history with a character like uh, Ellen Pompeo's or, or some of these other cast members who've been around for a while too. Yeah. Jake, what do you, what do you hope for next on Grey's Anatomy? Like w- how long do you see this going on for? I hope it keeps going for a lot longer. I mean, it's hard hard to know. (laughs) You know, there has been so many like endings written that have been unwritten and um, so many storylines that seem to be tied up that end up, you know, coming back years later. And so uh, um, I hope it keeps going on forever as, as a huge fan of the show, I would love to keep it, keep it going. Uh, Jake, before I let you go, I want to know um, these next two questions I ask all of my guests. So the first is your favorite Mariah Carey song. Uh, and the second is if you were choosing for People Magazine's Sexiest Man Alive, who would you choose? Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, this might make me even more of a nerd than I already am. But I would have to say for Mariah Carey, I love that Christmas special that she did during the pandemic. Because I was like you know, we were all locked in our homes and then this, these three beautiful angels come out and sing that song where her and Ariana hit that whistle note together. Uh, just like over there, like on the side, like bopping. Like uh, that's the first thing that comes to mind as my favorite Mariah Carey moment. Um, oh God. And then Sexiest Man Alive. I mean, I've got a lot of them. Uh, honestly, Jonathan Bailey right now is on the top of my list uh, from Bridgerton. Not to like continue plugging Sean, Land, but Bridgerton is so good. They did a good job with casting over there on Bridgerton with the men. Yeah. 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 Um, and he's doing that play cock right now on the West End, which I'm like, I, I wish I could see so bad because I love that play. Yeah. Um, did he but, replace, was he the one who replaced Taron Egerton? Or did he? No, they're together. Uh, yeah, it's the two of them. I don't. I don't know what's going on with Jared Edger right now, but um, yeah. okay. But I know he's on it. Okay. Well, we love to see cock, Jake. Um, I <laughs> I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so, luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic. A North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. You mentioned you're a nerd. You, your character's sort of a nerd. I mean, your character really is a nerd on Grey's Anatomy too, but are you a gamer yourself? I, I, I was reading that you, uh, about the character being a gamer, and, and I was wondering, do you, are you a video gamer yourself? Because I'm a huge video game junkie. I specifically love the Nintendo stuff, but... You know, my brothers were huge gamers, and I'm very, I was very close in age to my brothers growing up, and so I was the youngest, and I would never get to play... But I loved watching. And then anytime they would like die or something in the game, they blame it on me. Um, and then that, so that's like my extent to video games, except for one time I snuck down in the basement to play Halo on one of their, like, I don't even know what you call it, like their stories, which they hated because if I like ruined their like stats or whatever they would get mad. And I snuck down in the basement with all the lights off. I like snuck into one of my brother's like logins. And then I didn't realize that in Halo, the first one that you're like controller shakes. And like when the <laughs> aliens were coming down, like it was like, and the controller was shaking like this. And it was in, I was in the dark in the basement and I got terrified and I was like, never again, I'm not playing video games. And so the next time, other than like Mario Kart, the next time was on TV as Levi. <laughs> I love that. I love that, Jake. Uh, what's anything else you want to let listeners know? Where can they find you on social media? Uh, all of that stuff. Oh uh, yeah, I mean I'm on I'm on everything. It's usually like Jake Borelli or Jake Borelli, something. Jake Borelli at Instagram is where I is where I'm normally at. Well, Jake, it was such a pleasure talking to you. I obviously love talking to anyone that's from Ohio, and so yeah. uh, I'm so O-H. excited to see O H I O. Yes. <laughs> oh, Jake, I've had some good times at O. You said you went to Ohio Ohio State. I didn't go to Ohio State, but I I grew up right next to Ohio State. And you went to o- OU? Is that the same as Ohio University? Yeah, it's Ohio University. I spent my first two years there, and then I transferred, and I ultimately graduated from Kent because I was I was working, so I had to uh, transfer closer to home. But uh, yeah, I but I, I feel like my college experience was Ohio University. I mean, that's where I kind of when I was like sixteen. I went down and did a a film for like a thesis film for for. Um, a couple of people at OU and uh, it was called peanut butter. And it was like my first ever movie. And it was as a teenager down there. Oh my God. I was probably in the TCOM. It was like called the TCOM program there, but cause you're a little yeah. younger than me. I was probably, I probably, who was the director? Do you know? You honestly might've been there. Um, Pat Norman. He, yeah. I know. I mean, I don't know him personally, but I know who it, I know Pat Norman and, and yeah. peanut butter sounds really familiar. Anyway, Jake, I'm 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 keeping you, but this was such a pleasure talking to you. Uh, everyone can watch the season finale of Grey's Anatomy, May 27th. Is that when it's on? May 26th? 26th. At the end of May, it'll be a, a two-hour 
And so it's it's your last episode, right? It's my last episode. (laughs) It's certainly my last episode of the season, as it is everyone's. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying my best, Jake, to get some scoop. Um, Oh, it's not my last episode. We got to get that juju out. (laughs) No, we need no, Jake. You're sticking around forever, and then we're giving. We need the character to have a spinoff. Then we're doing a spinoff. Okay, we'll go in and pitch that together. Perfect. Jake, it's such a pleasure. Thank you so much. And congrats on all the success. Thank you. It was was a pleasure.